And we're back. Yep. We're Hello. Still here. Woo! Somehow still here. Happy Hockey. not evening, guys. Happy no, it's the afternoon. Sunday, twelve thirty Eastern. If anyone cares, because the, the East Coast is all that matters. Even though we will highlight a Western Conference team later in the show, because the Canucks are bad. Before we get there, though, guys, and before we get to the hockey cards, the most important part of the show, um, I, we pointed out last week that it looked like Sheldon Keith dyed his hair. Now, watching the Leafs game, or what I saw of the Leafs game last night, the cameras in the ACC, no, it was in Buffalo, wasn't it? Yeah. Those cameras made me doubt that decision. So I don't know what it is. I'm still going to stand by it because we named an episode after, but I still think Sheldon Keefe has dyed his hair. And he's not the only middle-aged hockey person. Well, no, Jeff Merrick's a little older than middle-aged. I swear, and this one I think is 100%. Did you guys see Jeff Merrick during Hockey Night in Canada last night, second intermission? Yes. Did you see it, Dan? I did not. He a hundred percent dyed his hair. <laughs> hundred, no, no. Like, if you, I don't know if it's me, but I thought Merrick sort of had more like golden hair, like not blonde, but it's just very. It's like the color of my hair almost, and I've got very dark brown hair. So I don't know if it's me, but everyone's starting to dye their hair now. First, Elliot, unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. definitely did. I Sheldon so, Keith, yeah. and now this. What's oh, going on? Sure. Uh, Ron Francis went against the curb even when he was playing. A lot of people are getting old. That is what is happening. I just embrace it. I wonder if it's a TV thing. Like you have to just sort of keep going with it. Yeah, I'm sure. Like Matt LeBlanc and friends. Exactly. (laughs) Like like some people get away. Like Keith will get away with it because he's got the mix. Like Dom Ducharme couldn't because it's pure white, right? Yeah, it's too late for Dom Ducharme. Like yeah. we're at a point where it's like if he does it, it's so noticeable that it's like, come on, mm-hmm. don't It'll be like Creed us. from The Office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he dyes it, when he uses the printer ink to dye his hair. Yes. Yeah. All right, lads, open up your hockey. Remember, you don't look at them. So oh, wait, it was. It was we, a bit we of a have mess. A, we have an asterisk today for mine. Yeah. Yeah. So, Daniel, you want to tell us what what pack you're opening today? All right, so the story is I go to Tim Hortons, two Tim Hortons in, our, in my area, and they are out of hockey cards. They just told me they're not available anymore. Like, okay. No, they're liars. I went to Maybe they're lying to me. Okay. Which one did you go to, Alex, so I know for next time? Um, on Steels, uh, uh, Young and Steels, but not the one at the gas station. The is it the one, one near on H-Mart? Side. Yeah, it's right next to the McDonald's. Okay. Okay, I'll go there next time. Right, so for today, I will be opening an oh, an, an, un, sorry, an unopened pack of a 2017-2018 one. Is I love how Sidney Crosby is still all these years. Do you want to go ahead and open that then? Wait, see, first off, where did you get that from? Um, it's because I used to buy these like crazy. Yeah, it's about like three. Uh, remember when I used to do the? I get like yeah, nine your sister from my family. Would get three, you'd get three. Your mom get yeah. And I guess somehow it's just this one was just unopened. Good luck then. All right. Yeah. Why don't you just go ahead and tell us? Like, you just open all three. I think you know what? No, because it's the same format, right? The yeah. middle yeah. one. So, okay. You guys. So, so, Daniel, go ahead first and show us your middle card back from All right. Back my middle now. card from back then is oh. a Yamir Yager top wow. 100 card. And y'all, it's him as a Panther. Man, remember those days. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <All> right. <laughs> I got. Wait, but oh. is it Prime Yager? 
It's Panthers. Yeah, that was like, can we? But because it's a top 100 card, when we put our lineups together, can we consider him? No, no, because he's wearing the Panthers uniform. Like he's good. That's still Yager when he was like still kind of good and serviceable. It's not like it's Flames Yager, right? Yeah. Okay. Fair. My, my middle one is a photo finish Leon Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl set up six goals in the Oilers' 8-5 win over the Sens on uh, January 31st, 2021. I remember that. Man, that's pretty good. Oh, tw- that's all? Okay. Yeah, man, that's decent. Set up six goals. That's pretty nice. Good player. Okay. Uh, pull out mine. One second here. I love hockey cards. Hey, really? Oh, old Austin Matthews. That's pretty hype. I like that one. That's nice. Wow, my center depth is insane. I must be the only one who's doing this, but I, my center depth is McKinnon, Matthews, Barzell, and Hayes. Mm-hmm. You know what? Good. I think if Vegas needs a general manager, I'm just saying I can build center depth. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, my first. I'm going to show you guys because I actually I have my lineup here. Okay. Oh. So, okay, Alex, go ahead and show us your first player. My first player. Okay. Your first player. Miko Rantanen. Oh, wow. that's pretty good. That's, good that's pretty good. There we go. There we go. I heard go. he's a good player. Yeah. I think so. I heard he's pretty decent. Second in goals last year. Good things about him. Yeah. Heard, yeah. Might turn into something. I've heard pretty good, good things. I think he was named to Finland for the Olympics, so decent player. Daniel, go ahead. Who's your All first right. player from back in the day? It is Evgeny Kuznetsov. Oh, okay. That's okay. consistent, at least. Someone we will not be talking about in the Olympics. Uh, no. no. Oh, no. Oh. All right. My first player is Jonathan Huberto. Oh. He's had French. that one last week. Hmm? Oh, yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, that one last week. I, I've been on a Panthers roll. Yeah. <laughs> a current and past player. <laughs> you know what? That's good because I'm looking at my lineup, and do you know what? Blake Wheeler's off the team. And now John, no, Huberto's a left winger on the cards. Never mind, who doesn't make the team? Okay, um, hold on. We just got to, I got to make some lineup changes. Who do I take? Okay, not Kaprizov, not Forsberg. Okay, between Huberto and Bertuzzi, who do I take out? Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi, yeah, he he's can't play, he's not he can't play in all of North America, yeah. Okay, good. That's a, that's good. That's good. Okay, Daniel, who's your last player? My last player is I'm back in Tyler game. Sagan. Ah, and he oh, won't okay. score for like two no. months. Hope he's okay. His last thing here was 2016-2017. He actually played 82 games. Wow. 26 goals, 46 assists. Not but it was bad. a minus 15. Uh, ah, yeah, uh, the defensive team. Alex, geez. who's your last player? Uh, Brad Marchand. Oh, that's a good player. Pesky, pesky Brad Marchand. Yeah, that rat. I really like okay. my top six. My last player is... Sidney Crosby. There oh, we go. That I know him from the packaging. That's a <laughs> Even the old one. Yeah. Bad news. Bo Horvat's off the team. Oh, that's okay. Bo, Bo Horvat is indeed off the team. Okay, so here's my lineup. It's too right? much leadership. That's why. Yeah, you're going to see the leadership. I'm going to give you my four centers, then my left wing, right wing, and my D, and my goalies. So down the middle, I have Sid, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Eichel. Not bad. Not bad at all. My left wingers, Kaprizov, Forsberg, Kubalik, Huberto. My right wingers, Pasternak, Montha, Arvidsson, uh, Blake Wheeler. My left defense, Darlene, Riley, Krug. My right defense, Latang, John Carlson, Jared Spurgeon. Not bad. My goalies, we don't have carry yet, um, but I got Bobrovsky and Markstrom. Last year, that's pretty awful to start this year. That's pretty Not bad. Decent. So I'm happy with Not the team bad. so far. The team looks good. I, I have no defensemen. Really? 
I haven't opened a pack with a single defenseman oh, in it. Let me check mine. See if it's Alex, all forwards. Alex, if you get Carey Price, I'll make a deal with you. We'll okay. Make we'll make a deal. To get a defenseman. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, got I have no uh, defenseman either. That is incredible. That I have one. I have one center of the current packs. I only have one wow. center. Wow. That Dylan is... Larkin. Ah, uh, yeah. He had the game winner last night. <laughs> he did. That cheeky bastard. Anyway, we can talk about hockey now, can't we? Yeah. We like hockey. I thought that was the end of the show after the cards. Um, yeah. it is. Thanks you know, thank you for listening. Um, you know, thank you. Check out Spotify. Download us <laughs> on my uh, Apple Podcast. Anyway, um, so to open the show. Um, again, we're not going to stop talking about what's going on with the Blackhawks and the continuing story, even though it feels like it has gone kind of quiet. Um, the last sort of update we saw, obviously, was the fact that the NHL were not going to cover the therapy or it's going to sort of support the therapy of the family as well as John Doe to himself. Those of you unaware, that was the, the high school, at the time, the high school student that Brad Aldridge sexually assaulted. Um, so this is a new sort of thread here I'm going to read from Rick Westhead. And obviously the league said at the time that uh, they were going to leave the uh, situation to Chicago. Um, a lawyer for the Blackhawks today wrote to Kyle Beach's attorney first off to see that the team is refusing to make a settlement offer because the sides have very different views on what constitutes a fair resolution of the lawsuit. The NHL team wants to uh, retain a mediator. And this is where it starts getting bad. Um, in a second letter to John Doe 2, the Blackhawks attorney wrote that while the team will provide therapy for him, the team wants to review his medical records, school transcripts, and income records before it can understand how the assault by Brad Aldridge has impacted his life. Now this is hold, hold on, Alex. I and this is this is the this is this is there's there's three more tweets here. While a Blackhawk, oh no, sorry, um, dude, yeah, sorry. While a Blackhawks lawyer wrote that the NHL team would pay for therapy for John Doe 2's related assault, it should not be cons- um, construed as an admission of fault or responsibility for John Doe 2's injuries. The Blackhawks sympathize with John Doe 2 on a human level. The team's lawyer wrote. Um, request had talked to Sheldon Kennedy about Chicago's argument. Um, and quote, there's a lot of people who have been sexually assaulted, who have master's degrees, whose grades didn't suffer. This is why victims don't come forward. And the final one, also a continuation of Sheldon Kennedy here, the court process kills abuse survivors. You'll have a 10 year old girl come forward, accusing an uncle and the defense attorney will show a photo of her smiling and sitting on his lap. And the lawyer will say, looks like you're happy with him there. It couldn't be that bad. Um... I, I don't, I'm not surprised by the Blackhawks here, but that doesn't make it any less sick. No. And I think it's just this, his, that thread that West had had over two days or so was full of lawyer jar, like not lawyer jargon, lawyer stuff. Like this is what that is. This is at this point. Um, but the thing that caught me off guard um, with one of his tweets was, the, the second tweet about the team wanting to review his medical records, school transcripts and income records. It was kind of like an Adam Wilde kind of put this perfectly when the Warts had their press conference right after, right before the Jenner and Block report was released, where they go, we're going to try and set, we believe we have a, a good case, but we are going to try and settle. 
mm-hmm. but it's like you didn't have to do that like you you all you had to say is we're going to try and settle publicly you all that's all you had to say and to me it's like okay so we're going to provide therapy for him but while we're doing that we're also going to do this this and this even though it's like quite clear the repercussions like you don't have to be a genius to kind of figure out the repercussions of of sexual assault like uh, i can't be the only one who who thinks that like right like would you guys agree you don't have to be a genius to figure out what the reper the consequences are on both sides like especially on the victim side of sexual assault listen to his mom talk yeah and then you can see what went wrong, what wrong. It's that simple. Your employee, your former employee was convicted for it. So I, I don't know how much further you need to look at it. Right. And, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that that's it's 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 simple. Like, I, I think one thing that a lot of people are doing is separating the league and the Blackhawks as they're as if they're two separate entities. The the Blackhawks Blackhawks are a part of the league for some like this idea that they're separate. Yes, technically they are two separate things, but in the grand scheme of things, the Chicago Blackhawks are one thirty second of the National Hockey League. They are not separate. If the Blackhawks' reputation takes a huge hit because of whatever is going on, don't pretend like the NHL's reputation will not take a massive hit. Like they are very much, they're very much combined in many elements. And I don't know why we're pretending. I'm not saying like the three of us, just uh, mm-hmm. uh, in general, why we're pretending like they're separate entities. It's what we said before. It's like you're shifting the blame of your responsibility. And the way I see it is now is just that it's like you're splitting hairs at this point where. They said, okay, like, listen, yeah, we don't have an, a direct thing, like a direct, um, I guess, connection to what happened to John Doe 2. But, you know, we're going to try in every way to show that. And it's just, I, I don't know. It's just like with this whole separation of like, okay, this person said that, this person said this. And it's just what Alex said, where it's, it is one of your teams. It's people are not going to go like, yeah, you know, listen, those, those Blackhawks, they're bad guys. It's just going to say like, okay, what is like, it's, it's the conversation we have been having for so long is what the heck is wrong with hockey culture? What the heck is going on with the sport? Um, and honestly, like, it's just that, that inward look to things it's like what's going on with this sport. And yet, and yet you don't want to correct anything. You don't want to see positive change. It's just so, like, at some level, it just has to be... I get it's like, obviously the lawyers are doing their job. And you know, it's like, I, I know a lot, myself included, just have a difficult time ever sort of going to the same mindset of a defense attorney sometimes. Um, but it's just like this thing of, at some point, you need to realize and just sort of buck up and say, this is our fault. Because if they had taken the proper steps and done that investigation internally when it was first reported, it doesn't happen. There's, um, and I'm guessing like there's still been like no one's found anything about this supposed or alleged reference letter that the Blackhawks might have given. The closest thing we've gotten is this performance review that was in the general block, but 
you know, Quinville had certain certain things to say about that. Um, whatever. Um, but I, I just at some point, I hope someone steps in and provides, like, even if the Blackhawks do go ahead and say it, like, are they? I, I just wonder, will John Doe too and his family? Like, how do you respond to that? It's like, oh, we're gonna give you the help, but we're not at fault here. It's it's almost like feeding in one hand and taking away in the other, right? I hope that if they don't go through with that, and obviously I'm I'm not in that state of mind. I don't know what they. I couldn't begin to imagine how they are feeling. That someone else could step in and, and give them the help that they need because it's just um, it's not fair. It's not fair, and I know there are those people out there. They're like, no, life's not fair. Uh, go take a hike. Go take a hike. And the Hawks can go take a hike, honestly. And the league, uh, and just everyone involved here. Still, there's been nothing regarding the Hall of Fame, but oh, we're going to parade everyone out on Friday. Ah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay, and as we say after all these segments, it's a difficult turn to take to go into the fun stuff of the game, um, but we're going to take it anyway. Um, so, yeah. Um, again, everyone continue to tweet about it. Retweet whatever it is because uh, you can't let this go away. It nope. seems to have gone quiet. That can't happen. Anyway. Today's episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new rate advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk, and with promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code POD, P-O-D, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Um, Looking forward here. We'll start with the Leafs and Habs, and I think we can start with Montreal to start here because, uh, well, um, there's a lot of news going on, a.k.a. First off, it looks like Carey Price is apparently starting to skate in the next few days. He's looking good and all that. Um, and they're going to need some goaltending support sooner rather than later because last night during the game, Jeff Petrie pushes Dylan Larkin into Jake Allen. Jack um, leaves at the end of the first period. Sam Mambo comes in relief for the rest of the game. Um, they play the Bruins today. Caden Primo has been called up. Um, what's unfortunate is they both played. Yeah, obviously Mambo in relief. And uh, in the game against Utica yesterday, Primo also played. So first off, I wonder who you start. Do you go with the little younger of, a, of, a, of Primo to get in and you give him his, his first Bruins-Montreal game? Because first off, when was the last time they even played? Like, you know, that's a special kind of game. That's yeah, a while. Or do you give it to Mambo? It's, it's such a difficult question. What do you guys think? Is, is it in Montreal or Boston? 
I believe it's in Boston, Ooh. which is a shame because Boston played yesterday too, but they're at home still. Yeah. So no. I'm going to double check. Um, just from a personal, just from my standpoint, I would probably play Montembeau. That is a not great. That's for an away team. I wouldn't necessarily say that's a great uh, place to start a rookie goaltender. It is Boston, by the way. In Boston. Yeah. yeah. I, right. I mean, I would play personally wouldn't play keep Caden Primo in his first NHL game this season in Boston. Yeah. Like Caden has, he hasn't played in the NHL in quite some time. So I'd give him depending on how long Jake Allen is going to be out. I'd give him the next home game, but for this one, I would give Sam Monaco the start. I know that he, in a way too, like he's not the most experienced guy as well, but he's actually got some reps this year in the NHL already. I go with Primo. You're going to just throw him in there? Because here's the thing with Primo, right? Um, he's a goalie of the future, right? That's how he's kind of been built for a couple of years now. He needs to play the Bruins eventually. And at this point, like, you got to think of it. It's the back. It's the second half of a back-to-back. It's Sunday. So, like, how many people are like, oh, okay, you know, because the NHL hates scheduling proper games on the Sunday. Um See, they just hate scheduling, period. Um, so, you know, no, like, 5 o'clock games yesterday. Just one at one and just everything else at 7, 9, or 10. When ridiculous. Because, listen, you know, there's that sort of stress. The team's not off to a great start overall. They've been playing better, obviously. But, you know, just, just get him in there. He needs to meet that environment eventually. So just, just get him in there. And if he gets shelled, sorry, dude gonna happen i i do i didn't want him called up in the first place i would i would rather just kept him in the ahl and just give poor mcniven a chance but i was about to ask but yeah it's michael mcniven now because charlie lindgren's gone long gone in st louis yeah they're never gonna give michael mcniven a chance i uh mcniven michael mcniven it's just like it rolls through it rolls on your tongue you see zach bucali um Obviously, for those of you who don't know, had a shutout on his first game in the NHL. Twenty C, then got sent down right away. But Habs legend. Uh, his dad was not happy. Was making some noise about the Habs not being a. See, there are players who I'm kind of like, yeah, Montreal like have very much mismanaged. You gotta really think it has to suck being a young goalie. Like that's the one time I'll defend the Canadians' decision, because to give a goalie a chance for the Habs, you have to be Carey Price's backup. You know what I mean? But McNiven, on the other hand, even the AHL, he's just been yo-yoed. It's it's a real shame. It's I have a, a story one. for this as well. Throwback story. It's from okay. 2005. Oh, that, back when he was drafted. Go ahead. I'd love to hear the story. Um, So there's a goalie named Jeff Frazee. He was highly touted, world junior goalie for the United of States. Of course. Um, He was actually the goalie when, uh, you know when Jonathan Taves, when we liked him, had three goals in the shootout? That was the goal. Price. That was the gold medal winning goal, right? Yeah, yeah. Or shootout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, Carey Price was in net for Canada. And wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Frazee was the goalie, and really, he went in the second round in 2005 mm-hmm. to the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> really. And I remember when he was drafted, and everyone even said like, "Okay, well, we're not going to be seeing him for a while," because <laughs> it just kept happening. Or like, there was these other goalies that. New Jersey kept taking, but that wasn't Broder was playing like 77 games a season. Yeah, man. Um, I'm just going to cut up a, a quickly a tweet of mine because I wanted to just remember. I've gone on about this before, but um, you got to really, it makes you appreciate how good Jake Allen is because I'm thinking back to at least 2014. 
Maybe there's a goalie in for getting in there, but I want to say since um, Yurisov Halak was traded, I want to say the backups since then have been Budai, Tukarski, Condon, Montoya, Scrivens, Niemi, Lindgren. And Primo here and there, but I was a younger guy, a bit different than the rest of them. You said Niemi? You said Niemi, right? I did say Niemi, yeah. Okay, good. We can't forget about him. I would like to forget about Anti Niemi. <laughs> I remember they wouldn't have made the playoffs that year, but Niemi had the stinker of a game against Tampa Bay. I remember he couldn't save a damn thing. I don't I remember know. people like, saying, Carey Price against this one game against uh, Tampa. I'm like, did you, what? Was there a reason why Niemi fell off so quickly? Because I remember when he was on San Jose, he was not bad. And then on Dallas, he was was like, not to like what we saw him after, remember, on Pittsburgh? He's never been good. When he was the Blackhawk, he was meh. Remember, so it was that whole stretch when San Jose was still like a model organization. And Mm -hmm. the one year they missed is because Niemi was garbage. And then they went on and got Jones. And for those of you who don't remember, Jones was really good for a couple, especially in the playoffs. And so they obviously shipped him off, and then Montreal tried him as a backup, and he was awful. So, you know, I think he was always kind of never quite good enough. It was just mm-hmm. you were kind of hoping he'd at least be a backup, but uh, no. No, no, no. Many Finns. Every other Finn is like something Niemi. Hippio Niemi, Hawken Niemi, Niemi. It's just the whole thing. Did you guys see the Lekkonen play, by the way? Yes. That was. Did not see it, was it? So he's on, so he gets, uh, he falls into the boards, right? He's like facing the board still. He's on his knees and does a no-look pass to Chris Weidman, who's wide open, has the time and buries it off the post, right? It was such a nice play. It was, you should try and find it. It's absolutely, it's one of the best plays he's ever done. It it was maybe the best. After that Jake Evans goal against LA, you're kind of like, man, this is pretty decent, eh? Um, I need to ask you guys something. What was one of the biggest criticisms of the Habs last year? Uh, oh, defenseman. Your criticisms? Just period. Like, what was something at the beginning of the year that they just could not do? They didn't have uh, a defenseman that could move the puck out of the defense. No, 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 no. Beside that, we're not going to get Chris Weidman yet, but I do like Chris Weidman. <laughs> I really like oh, Chris Weidman. Oh, um... it, it, Funny enough, they couldn't... I don't think they did this properly until just before the trade deadline... It took Eric Stahl and Cole Caulfield. Uh, depth scoring. Winning OT. Winning in OT. Okay. Yeah. Remember their first overtime winning goal was Eric Stahl. And then yes. Caulfield had the back-to-back ones and then the whole thing. So you remember how it used to be like Phil Danell starts and Ducharme's line matching? Mm-hmm. So on the play that Larkin scored on, um, like Dvorak like tried to get like this midair shot. But it was like this real, like, how the hell did he end up getting the puck in that situation? It was Ben Sherrod who made the pass. And then you realize, wait a minute. Why is Ben Sherrod on the ice for overtime again? <laughs> What's this about? Is it the boomer of a shot? No. He was trying to make some play. No, because, so, if you've watched their games, you know that, like, Jeff Petrie isn't on the first unit anymore. Like, they barely use that second unit anymore. It's been like the uh, like Suzuki, like Gallagher, Hoffman, Weidman one. I just don't get why Romanov, Kulak, and Weidman don't see overtime before. Sher- why does Sherratt see it at all? Like, I think we had this thingy last year, too. I just don't get the usage there. No, it doesn't necessarily, to me, make sense. Like, with how overtime is... When they introduced this three on three overtime, it was planned out to be was it was supposed to be more offensive. There was so much more room on the ice. There's four less players. 
And to me, the way that Montreal, their defensemen have been playing, I would go with Chris Weidman, like to Chris Weidman or Jeff Petrie, right? Like personally, that's what I would do. But I just, I don't see why Ben Sherratt touches the ice unless you're line matching. And is that what's happening? Is he really line matching? I don't know. Um, because it's not like he's throwing out Phil. Well, when you throw out Dvorak and and Sherratt, it makes you kind of think, right? Like, like because it was it was I was thinking about it, right? And besides Suzuki, I think like the second forward, like the second line change that Evans out there. I'm like, wait a minute, why is why is Evans out there? It's kind of right. like, man, where's like they could really use Caulfield right now. Um, I was just thinking, I'm like, what's going on here? And then like the second the unit that was eventually scored on was really weird. It was Sherratt. Um, Dvorak and uh, and Hoffman was there. Like Hoffman, you'd expect to almost be like the first sort of unit. Right. Like him and Suzuki, and then like who cared? Maybe you could put Dvorak out there with um, I, like like Toffoli. You had a had a shift too. Like I know he's not the fleetest of foot, but I think you know still has the shot and he's like really deceptive at his speed sometimes, right? But um, it was weird. It was really really weird. Um, it's like he's giving just... everyone a chance. <laughs> Wait, you know what I mean? No. Like, let's seeing what sticks. Stick, no, it's cut the bench down. Cut the bench. Well, then, so he's doing one of the two things in my eyes. He's either line matching or he's doing what he did at the beginning of his tenure, which was not sticking to one specific thing. And like, again, like that's a danger. We've seen this right at the beginning of his tenure. He couldn't stick to the same lines for a, more than what, two periods. I'd say it's the former, um, right. just because obviously, like the only time lines have been really messed up, like Druin, like that Druin line with with uh, Anderson and Dvorak has been pretty solid. Like it's been together, but with Druin out, um, you know they've moved like Gallagher up there, and Suzuki has sort of been lately stapled with Hoffman and Toffoli, so he's been quite consistent with that and the pairings too. Like I'll give him credit there. Um, uh, but but I and obviously like you've seen before like he's like Suzuki played that twenty three minutes the other day like he's starting to get away from that. I don't know if he sees that Ben Sherratt has four goals and thinks there we go, but I, I it's got to be that or he's just overvaluing Ben Sherratt right now. But I, I it's very weird. But yeah, I I just I don't know why. I don't know his advanced numbers, but I I've come to really like um I've really come to like Chris Weidman. I don't know what it is, but it's just he just passes the puck on the power play. You know what I mean? Like he'll make the shot here and there, but I just really like him. He sounds like a real good teammate. Like in his post media, he was like, "Listen, Montembeau, I don't know if you saw the goals Montembeau let in. They were all kind of bad, um, but like after those first two, I thought he was really, really solid until overtime. Um, but he was like, you know, it's a rough situation. I just, I just kind of like Chris Weidman's aura. I don't think he is." is and what everyone thinks he was in that Uber video. I was going to say that. It wasn't Matthew <laughs> I was to laugh. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I really like Weidman. And I'd like to, it's funny that, you know, you finally see Kulak getting some top four time in that. It's funny that when him, Romanov and that, I don't know if you can hear that. What I was think that? Lewis is, I think Lewis is making a move on for stab because my mm. mom is screaming. It's just funny how much better they're playing when all of a sudden these, your lineup is spread up with like some actual puck movers and that, but um, I'd like to. Uh, I was gonna say something before you mentioned the other defensive pairing, but you know why we like Chris Weidman? He's the ultimate redemption story. <laughs> he is. He just you know gets banished, goes over to the um, 
you know, goes and uh, like, oh, hey there, I'm just going to go to the KHL, kind of rebuild myself, comes back to a, a decent market, and there's going to be attention on him. Like, good for him, man. Good for him. He missed the taxi um, squad, though, the the second taxi squad. During the uh, the uh, shortened lockout year, not lockout, the uh, COVID year, twenty twenty, he 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 wasn't on the second taxi squad. Fair enough, man. Hey, listen, they need to the league. I'm so happy Ottawa beat Detroit, um, Pittsburgh last night because they have no players right now. I feel so bad for the Sens. Oh yes, we are hoping all goes well. Eric Branstrom broke his hand. Yeah, that's rough. So okay, two games this year. So he is not on the market. That's a shame. Hey, 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 Rangers. Yeah, you don't want him. You know, you want Ben Chirot for Kratzov? You want that? He's got four goals. His value's higher than ever. I need to stop thinking about what Chirot can be worth at the deadline because I'm thinking like Savard return. I'm like, gimme. Gimme, gimme. Capo Caco. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want a good player. Oh, not some empty calorie guy. The worst player at five on five the league has. Just gonna clip this and uh, send this to Mike and uh, let the chaos ensue. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Okay, <laughs> um, and then moving over to Toronto, uh, they've been playing hot lately. Bit of a blip um, last night, you could say, but there was some good stuff. Um, I read say like leading the Sabers. The Sabers make it a game, but the last second goal from Morgan Riley gives them the lead. Um, and in that game, first off. Andre Kasha is getting real hot, and there's some depth scoring right there. I thought we were going to start with the other part. <laughs> what about, about congrats, Joseph Wall? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Been fair waiting enough. for him to play since 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he looked um, okay. Like, yeah. he hasn't played. I think uh, it was Steve who brought this up a couple episodes ago, but he was like, he probably should have been the ECHL starter last year. Mm -hmm. And obviously that never happened because of COVID. So his development, not just his, literally everybody's development was just kind of stunted, but listen, man, like it's one game. Like I'm not going to make a career projection based on one NHL game. I was really hoping Jeff Skinner was going to get the hat trick. Like I know, I texted, me too. I texted Daniel and I said, if Skinner scores a hat trick, I might have to purposely do a voice crack on on the podcast. <laughs> but the so asterisk, I wanted the Leafs to still win. It just I wanted Jeff Skinner to get. If they were going to score four, I want him to get at least a three. Nothing makes me more mad than the game that should be going to overtime and it stopped right there. That really, Alex, obviously because Montreal and Leafs playing at the same time, it's very difficult for us to each other sort of commentate on other games. So I saw the Leafs are up, I think it was 3-1 when I looked. Yeah. Um, and I, at one point in time, I saw you tweet that football manager is the only thing keeping you happy right now. <laughs> yeah, it um, was. So what was up? Um, well, they played, so the first two periods, I thought they actually played quite well. Uh, obviously, you brought up Andre Kasha, and maybe we can get into him. Like, I really... I'm going to be careful with what I say. I don't want to be part of radical Leafs media here, but um, I think he's a serviceable player that the Leafs could use. And, you know, I, every off season for the last couple of years, we, a lot of people have been saying, you know, the Leafs need to pick up guys low salary, but can give them at least some type of reward. And in my eyes, I think of the guys they've picked up this off season, for me, at least two of them have been, 
really good in my eyes uh, for what they're making, which number one is bunting and then Andre Kasha. Um, I just, I just enjoy, like he's just playing everywhere. I love it. Um, th- so the first two periods were good. Sorry, I got off track there. First two periods were good. And then I, I don't really know what happened in the third period. They kind of like not collapsed, but like just, it coasted a bit. The, yeah, like it, that. That's a good way to put it. Like they kind of coasted, and again, it bit them in the ass. Like playing against Buffalo for whatever reason is just one of those things for Toronto. It's same with Ottawa. It's like those demons, as Paul as uh, is it Paul? Yeah, Paul McLean would say, say in the <laughs> in the documentary. They got demons everywhere, um, and, and it's true. It's just it's a tiring conversation to have. It's just the reality, but mm-hmm. I don't know on what the hell happened in that third period. It was, it was a disaster. Well, Buffalo, like, you know, they had a bit of stride coming into this game. Mm-hmm. They beat the Oilers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like I'm, I, I see it this way. It's like, it's like shadow of the Colossus. Great game. You go through one, t- you go through one, one of them and then you get to the next one. So you know, there's always a possibility of you beating the next one based on what you did the previous game or previous session. I mean, you know, if you want to get in the shadow of the Colossus, Ilka, Last Guardian things, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Colossus, Colossi, Daniel? You know, I actually don't remember. I played this in elementary school. <laughs> I liked the the um, Gaius, the really the first one you like who's on like that platform. He's really, really tall. Well, they're all kind of big, but, you know, and he has like a giant, like, slab of stone as his weapon. Gaius is great. Really good music, too. I like um, the uh, X Men one a lot. Hmm? X Men. X Men Colossus. X Men Colossus. Yes. I don't know what you mean by that, but. Or um, Colossus Movie Theater. Okay, Alex knows well, that one. Alex knows that one. He's just that ripped one the joke from its. He's ripped the heart I'm out. I'm sorry. You know, I've tried. The Shaman in Temple of Doom. Golly, I know. A lot of Gaima! dad jokes in there. Sorry? I tried to fit in the dad jokes. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to help you with puns and, 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 and the such. Today. Yeah, and every other one I send to the editor is like, I don't know about that. I'm like, dude, this is a hard news story. But <laughs> you know when I send a Pikachu meme, meme that I'm, I'm upset. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I really like Dylan Cousins, by the way. Eh? Yeah. Good player good. for Buffalo. Real good player. Yeah, it'd be nice if they had like other players surrounding him. But, the like, new home. But that's... We'll work on that. I don't hate the way Buffalo are going, to be honest. No, I don't but, hate it. No, but they just have no expectations. But it's it's good that there is a sense of the difference we see right now with the Sabres compared to years past is they kind of have an attitude of we can actually win a game. It took nearly like six, seven years to wipe away that culture of we're completely out of games five minutes in. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy when you thought back to that Dylan Cousins thing. Is like, ah, you know, I want to be a difference maker, and you're like, ah, kid, let's see how long it lasts. But man, you know what? Even if they finish the season on like a terrible record and whatever, I think what they did to start the year in that nice little run, um, and we'll see what happens when guys like Tuck come in. I think it's really good for them. I think that's going to be. I think there's there's a lot to like in Buffalo Land right now. Yeah, um, sure. yeah. I think the way they're playing. Uh... It's like, it's like what you said. Like, there's no expectations whatsoever in a way that they have nothing to lose. So they're just gonna go out there and play. 
get the experience for especially for the young guys where you know there's one player i think it was a casey middlestat is you know not exactly a will christophilus like hyped up type of guy that we all expected in 2018 but he's been okay i think that's just one example or um Oh my gosh, his name is escaping me. I keep I say his name like almost every episode. Tage Thompson. There it is. Yeah. You know, he he's he's getting into his own right now. The thing with Buffalo, and it makes me not weary. It's just like we've we've had this we've done this before. We're we're we've had this conversation when they drafted Jack Eichel. When they yeah, they got the constellation prize, but it was still wow, we just got Jack Eichel plus all the surrounding pieces they go out and get Jeff Skinner that works for a year they overpay him and now we're in this situation so it's just a matter of they have to it's not on the players that like again like none of this really should be on the players it's like there's no team there was no team so they just have to keep the momentum that management has kind of put in front of them in terms of okay we have no expectations Whatever happens, happens. But eventually there's going to be expectations. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think that you have to create something, like some semblance of sustainability there. And the way I look at it is if I'm Owen Power and I haven't signed yet, I'm going to see how long I'm going to play in the NCAA. Like, you know, he, he, he's a social media guy. He's mm-hmm. born in this era. He, know, he, know, he knew what went on with Jack Eichel with what the team was trying to do last year with getting all those acquisitions and trying to do something that didn't work. So I think that's, that's something too. just, you know, you have these future guys that are coming in guys who are developing right now. And you want to kind of show this is something that we could build here. It's not just going to be like how it used to be. Well, it helps when you don't have a GM that's snobby about the fact you got like going on McDavid. If, if say what you want about Kevin Adams, at least the public like publicly, he's like he he's clearly trying to build something there. Like as well as like how that Ico situation was handled, and that was clearly not just him pulling the strings. Obviously, um, listen, I I just like what they have there. I like what I see early from Buffalo. <laughs> not purely a standings point, but you know, at the lowest level right now, like, you just got to get the culture in place, right? That's the most important thing for Buffalo. Right. And, like, listen, the expectations are clearly not there now, as you say, no. because no one's going to games. But listen, and those are far off, and we will see what happens by the time that those roll around. But I will say this, Dylan Cousins seems like yeah. the kind of guy that's that's going to be leading the charge there. From UConn, as everyone mentions, yeah. every time he plays. As long as they don't rush it, like I think that's what they did the first time around with Bodrell and then when, with, with Eichel, is I think they rushed it. And saying, well, I think we're better than what people expect. And then they kind of made that Jeff Skinner move and other moves around it. Uh, and it just didn't work out. So let the let the players guide you in a way. Don't mm-hmm. don't try to rush things along. That's there was what they never wrong the first time. There was never like when I look at those two different eras, that there was never a uh what you said, Alex, like a balanced approach to things where you look at how they were entering the 2010s and they lost Christian Jury and Daniel Briere. And then, you know, Thomas Vanek wanted, was, was traded and then Ryan Miller was getting older. So 
they just figured let's add more hefty contracts to this already aging core and try to do something. And then that didn't work. And then they go to a, a rebuild that there was no guidance whatsoever to it other than Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on, shall we? I did not realize Philip Grubauer was as bad as he was this year, by the way. He's an 880 save percentage. That is not good. That is uh, his goals plus his gold save above average is apparently very, very bad for Seattle. That is because he was in front of good defense. Well, I thought the whole thing was. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. I'm going to defend him there here. Okay. Because even when he played for Washington, this is a guy throughout a season. Um, his save percentage has never dipped below, I see, 915. Okay. Like, listen, we, we can see goalies on great teams not be great. Like, I, like, credit, cre- <laughs> Okay. Clearly, Philly got loose is making the move. I just see, just for the credit there. But I thought Seattle were supposed to be all about, like, ah, we're great defense, we just can't score. Anyway, though, um... You know, they're actually playing like an expansion team. Another team who's sort of surprising, but this way in a, in a good way, the Ducks, um, who, who <clears throat> excuse me, got something in my throat here. Um, they won eight games this year, and six of them have come from their last six games. They've won six straight, six won the in their last 10, the 15 total. Um, and leading the way are guys like Troy Terry. It feels like finally, Daniel, some of those young guys we've been waiting for for years are actually starting. It's like the opposite of Arizona. Where it's like, oh, where are these young guys? And then they just kind of all flat, like, fell flat in their faces or got traded. It's starting to emerge in Anaheim. We'll see what it's like the rest of the year, but it's good to see Anaheim doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a matter of time before you expected these young guys to make it. And I, I think with this balance of a team right now is you have younger guys coming in that there is that sense of accountability from those guys that, you know, you're not really a prospect anymore. We need you to make the big jump because Maxime Comtois started off really poorly this year. And he was a guy that was projected to always be one of your top line forwards. And then he saw himself get scratched in favor of Mason McTavish or Trevor Zegras getting more minutes off of like Adam, like veterans like Adam Henrique. And that's something that had to be there because last year I kind of felt that, they just threw on whoever they could, but now with them actually seeing that they could win, that it's possible that they could actually have a winning record this year is that the players, I feel that they, they have more of the pressure on them now. Like I'm looking at a, you know, Jacob Silverberg, I'm looking at a Josh Manson. I'm looking at a Cam Fowler where these guys that they've been better than they were the last two years, but now they're kind of showing that, you no, know, they did taper off a bit, and they need to kind of elevate their game. Didn't Troy Terry request a trade last year? Did he? No. Or am I thinking of another? Pl- I swear, a young Ducks player requested a trade last year. Oh, I, mean, I remember exactly who. But, who was that? Like I, I knew Terry was playing well. I didn't know it was nineteen points in fourteen games, eleven goals. Good. Yeah. Holy cow! Yo, shout out to Kevin Shattenkirk, thirteen in in, uh, in fifteen. By the way, that's pretty awesome. Isn't it? And he's playing the bottom pairing. Really? Yeah. Yo, shelter your offensive defensemen and just let them get their offensive cookies on the power play or something, and you'd be surprised what happened. I didn't want to say it's just injuries, but yeah, a lot of injuries last year, and the defense is actually intact this time. You know what's good about this? It's a chance for um, I owe Dallas Aikens to save his job um, because I do not 
want, I do not want uh, Joe Bouchard to get that job. I do not want it to happen because I know the Ducks are going to be great with him. Um, but man, I'm, I'm happy. Whenever I see John Gibson play well and like his numbers aren't being tanked by the team around him, I'm always happy about that. Yo, same with Anthony Stolar. I was like, who is that guy? And he's playing well. This, this thing- Fun fact about him. What? He was the pick that Philly got for Sergei Barbowski. Really? Yes. Small world, eh? <laughs> the the thing for me with Anaheim is I never really had issue with their goaltending because John Gibson. And I never particularly had issue with their defensive pairings, right? Because when you like your three best defensemen are Lindholm, Fowler, and Josh Manson. That's not bad. That's actually like a very decent defensive core. And then throw in Kevin Shatkirk, who, listen, still at the at the beginning, I'm like, I didn't really understand that signing. And to be honest, I still don't necessarily understand that signing. I'm glad he's worked out and they found a way to shelter him. But then you throw in a guy like Jamie Drysdale, who I just, I don't know why. I just love Jamie Drysdale. I still think Ottawa should have picked him, but whatever. That's a different story. I, I just think where my issues lied were up front and they just this it was just like an aging core and now you see you know you still have a guy like Ryan Getzlab there and I guess Dick Delorier too. He just never leaves this team. Um but, pardon? Yeah, that guy just never goes away. He never goes away. But like now you see Trevor Zegras, you know, you look at third overall pick Mason McTavish finding his way into the lineup. Like it's just a lot of young guys who, who need to impress and they are impressing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, it's time to do my favorite thing in the world, guys. Uh, it's time to check in on Alexander Ovechkin. Um, So as of right now, he is in sole possession of fourth all-time in goals. He's at 742. He's past Brett Hall. Um, As of right now, he is 24 away from Yarmir Yager. He is 59 from Gordie Howe and 152 away from Wayne Gretzky. For anyone curious out there. I say he does it. Same. Same. I'm very much hoping he does it. I love it. He'll be be third by the end of the year. Yeah, you will. It's um, for sure. I wish Montreal weren't playing tonight because Washington are playing Pittsburgh, which is always huge. I don't know if Sid's is Sid playing. No, he has COVID. Ah, oh, still, is he still not playing. Yeah, he's still not playing. He'll be back for the game against Montreal next week because that's just how it works. But it's just always nice. You know, he'll always show up against the Pens too. No, he might be playing. He might be playing. He, he exited protocol yesterday. Is oh, the latest. Okay. Uh, and who what? doesn't love Sid Novi going at it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's the best. Oh, I love hockey. I love it. I love it. Not the NHL, but I love hockey. What's about what about our Afghani Malkin watch? How is he doing? That's a great question. Well, isn't he not supposed to be back for a while? Afghani Malkin. Let's see what what's up with Afghani. I don't think he's supposed to play until a while, but um, yeah. he's skated for the first time four weeks ago. Okay, so there has been no real update on Afghani <laughs> so, Malkin. No. How about Nick Backstrom? That's another really oh good my one. So many Nicholas Backstrom. You know what? Yeah, man. It's uh this is from two this is from two weeks ago. Backstrom's progress has been slow and steady, Capitals GM says. Well, you know what's funny? If I just quickly get up the standings, what's fun like the caps are still hanging in their second without yeah. Backstrom. Also, what's funny is Ovi's doing all that 
without having one of the most important parts of that power play. Mm-hmm. I know that like five on five, he normally plays with Kuzi, but like just think of that. That's hilarious. The Caps are just uh, such a funny team. Why did I say they were going to be bad? It's because we saw them in the playoffs and they looked like they didn't care. They've looked stale in the playoffs for a couple of years now. Like since they won the cup, I don't think they've won a round. Yeah. But um, yeah. You know another team that's not been very good, by the way? Tell me. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks have not been good. They have just not been good. Um, so, obviously, they got shelled by, I think it was Colorado the other day. Like, absolutely shelled. It was hilarious to look at. Um, and then last night, they were up against uh, Vegas. And Vegas stormed back. There was a bit of life in there. Ultimately, it just sort of falls apart. And it was said on headline or not headlines, 32 thoughts last night, um, that Francesco Aquilini is on the trip, but apparently was scheduled. Um I still kind of worry, though, with his presence being there. Uh, for anyone who's wondering, they are second last in, in the uh, Pacific Division. Three points up on Vegas, but they are still uh, at the current moment. If I can do math, give me a second. They are six points out of third in the division right now. Um, their total record is 5-8-2. and two. And it's not like Pedersen hasn't looked good to start. Um, you know, it's Oliver ekman Larson actually had a pretty good game, I thought. Demko's done all he could. Um, their power, like, their first power play unit's also just kind of been like, what's going on here? Like, the talent there is just, it should be working. Is, is what's happening to Vancouver what we thought, that it just wouldn't quite be enough, and it's the opposite of, like, it was with Vancouver and Edmonton, it could have gone one of two ways. They were going to rocket out the gate, score all the goals, or flat on their face. And Vancouver has been the latter, and Edmonton have been the former. Yeah, I think they their special teams are much below league average. Um, their power play is 15%. The league average is 20%. Oh, no. Uh, PK, their penalty kill is 63%. League average is 79%. Oh, like, there's a discrepancy there, so... I think that is an issue. I think depth is now kind of killing them. Like they just, the the depth isn't what they expected because the guy like JT Miller, 17 points, 15 games, Quinn Hughes, 13 points, 14 games, Garland, 12 points, Horvat, 10 points, Pedersen, nine points. I would prefer to see a little more from Pedersen. He only has three goals. That's not enough for Pedersen. And yeah, Besser, Besser, yeah, he needs to, he, especially because it always feels like he's on the way of being traded. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's just that I think this is where they're looting. And I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched Demko play. His numbers don't look particularly fantastic. But then again, it's kind of this, a similar thing with John Gibson from last year, a couple of years ago, when your team in front of you is playing like crap, then your numbers aren't going to look fantastic. I could have sworn he was at a 9.05 before yesterday, and now he's at an 8.98. So, and I'll tell you, like the last goal was a little messy because him and Myers had a bit of a miscommunication, mm-hmm. but I, he has not been the problem there. Not at all. Hasn't been like lights out thingy, but like it feels like every other Vancouver game, we're seeing a big highlight of Dem- Demko just being absolutely like it's fantastic. Can, can't be him. But you mentioned sort of the, the depth, like, so Pakol's in three goals, but he's a rookie. You don't want to rely on him. But actually, I think they kind of were. Shason, I forgot, was on this team, has a goal. Sorry, two. 
Um, OEL has three points. Ah, you kind of need more from him. Dowling has two goals. Highmore, none. Shen, none. Deckinson has one. Pullman doesn't have a goal. Uh, neither does Hunt. Lamico, uh, Bailey, none. Rathbone, none. It's, yeah, they're getting really bit right now. And it's, Edmonton could get away with it because they have two nuclear-powered engines. Right. Two Mercedes engines. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, hey. Whoa, uh, you know what I mean? But it is it is not working out. It is not working out. Do you think, so uh, you brought up the goaltending not being an issue, and I don't want to push Demco down, but my thought was one of the main reasons that Vancouver looked so good two years ago when they made the bubble playoffs, right? Was that, or even during the regular season, Vancouver got really good when their goaltending got really good. When Markstrom was a Vesna candidate, when we said Mark Markstrom, there's the, he should be in the top three for voting. That's when Vancouver looked like their best. And I just, I don't think they're getting that at the moment. And then when you're not getting that, it exposes everything else. And I mm-hmm. think that to me is what's happening here is that their lack of depth is very much being exposed. Yeah, because when you mentioned that bottom six, like who is really kind of leading that? I'm disappointed like, with Dickinson. I know he's not an offensive juggernaut. And also, again, sorry to say his name, but like a forward time, Pedersen. Because um, with Dickinson, I know he's a defensive guy, but they were relying on him, I think, to get a few more. I know he had a fight last night to try and get the boys going. Didn't really amount to much, unfortunately. But, like, that's a guy, um, beside the rest of them, I mean, like, do you really look at Chason expecting to be a contributor? Like, remember when he got that one massive heater for Edmonton? He, like, yeah. finished with 20 goals and only had, like, scored in, like, two months. And then they gave him an extension? Like, it's... it's uh, an OEL is another disappointing one. Like, he needs to put up more numbers. And, again, maybe that's going back to the power play not clicking, but... You know, like they have to win this. Like they have to win this year. You know what I mean? They have to. They have to show something yeah. that I guess more of what we saw two years ago, not what they saw last year. But again, like for all the guys they've lost, I just don't think that they haven't really replaced anything. They just, it's just what you said too, where they remind me of the Russian Olympic team. They just pushed everything upwards. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I have some respect for Orlov and Sergey Chat. How dare and Andre Markov back in the day, and then it's like some guys never heard it from the KHL. I remember when, um, Alexei Morozov was the captain of the team, and he was a longtime Penguin. But oh. then, like, he was like he went back to the KHL because he couldn't agree on a contract, so he became a star, the KHL, and then. Where they're like, hey, who's going to be the captain for the Russian Olympic team 2010? And like, is it going to be Ovechkin? Is it going to be Datsuk? No, it's Alexei Morozov. Really? They didn't give it to Ovi? No. I, you know what? If Carey Price isn't on the Olympic team, I'm rooting for the Russians. Because it's like, no, remember how like Caulfield was on the American Moore Junior team like by Canada? If Carey's not on the team, I root for him. I want Ovi to get it because it's the one thing Ovechkin's missing is a, is a gold medal at the Olympic stage. And I'm I'm sure he was so mad seeing the like the uh, remember when he was like I'm just gonna go to the Olympics even if if the NHL don't it, obviously yeah. he didn't go because he that's not how it works but um, I'm rooting for the Russians if Carey Price is not on Team Canada hundred percent hundred percent well Phil Deneau's on on Team Canada 
That might change my mind. I still think he should be on the team. I'm I mean, not moving off you, that. You, you're not wrong. Like, there's always those w- one there's or two problem. guys where they make the team. You're like, oh, okay, I guess they're no there. Offense, but Andrew Maggiapani and Zach Hyman are not needed on that team. A very rely. They don't need more scoring on Canada. McDavid could be enough. I like. I still, and I'm not just. This isn't just buyer. He's not happy anymore. I think the value that guy provides. He would be an amazing fourth line center for that team. I know it's best player available is how you should build it, but why not? Like he, he does more than Chris Kunitz ever did. I mean, like clearly it's not yeah. best player available. Like Chris Kunitz made the team. I don't made it over Claude Giroux. Yeah. I don't think he was the best over player. Prime Claude Giroux. Remember when Marty Saint Louis didn't make can, it? Yeah, didn't make it, and then request the trade. Can we talk about once just one second because it's pissed me off. Why, yeah. the, how it's now become normal that we're now allowed to talk about Zach Hyman on the Olympic team. I just want to point this out that I think like it, it might've been Luke Fox who brought it up, might have brought it up last year. Because two Canadian markets were saying it in back-to-back years. That's why. That's why. It all started with TSN last year, I remember. It's ridiculous. I'm still not over the fact that like no offense, and this is bias talking, and I've said this on the show before. Why in the world Hyman is getting conversation with that before Brendan Gallagher? Uh, that's what uh, I personally feel offended by that. I always have. God, that man's a monster. Brendan. Half of Canada was attacking Toronto for absolutely no reason. I don't see anyone attacking Edmonton. Do you know what? It's the no, vocal. Man, it's, it's the vocal side, aka Edmonton media. But now that ridiculous. they're on it, they're like, ah, yeah, yeah, we gotta. Yeah, this is the same media who won't even ask Duncan Keith an actual question. It's just, well, you know, if he knew, he would have said something. If Duncan Keith was there, he would have done something it's about ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. Come on, G Principe. So, who will like be the her. Brendan Morrow of this Olympic team? The Patrick Sharp of this Olympic team? I have some respect for Patrick Sharp. <laughs> um, he's not up there, but I, I feel like of those, that sort of group of, of good players, but not the super duper duper stars. I think Mangiapane is making a really good case right now. I think he and do you know what? Bias again. Uh, Nick Suzuki is playing a different game now. Like, and he's putting up numbers. That guy is making another. Like, there is a there is a very good group. You can put Hyman in there. You can put Suzuki. You can put those guys. Honestly, right now, Mangiapane. Um, there's a very good outside look right now for Team Canada. I think. Um, again, like. Is Barzell having an amazing start? The Islanders, period, aren't? I don't know. Maybe Horvat's numbers get brought down. I'm just saying that Nick Suzuki, Brendan Gallagher, and Phil Deneau is going to be an amazing line for Team Canada. Man, I don't know his stats this year, but McDavid, I mean, um, not McDavid, but he's really good. Um, Kadri. I'm, Kadri, Deneau, Stone is going to be the great, I told you, it's going to be a great line. No one's going to want to play against it. Anyway, but I don't know, man. I'm going to have to, maybe we, um... Maybe around New Year's, yeah. Or when we ever, whenever we're gonna find out when the condemn like the roster is, we do another sort of what we know now and look at the rosters. Like Jeff Petrie, you would have said made it, uh, not anymore, not anymore. Like Seth Jones, oh, it's gonna be such a uh, I can't swear, it's but like crazy, yeah. Seth Jones shouldn't be on the team, but he's already on it. <laughs> um. Because we're running out of time, and I do want to catch the podium because I think uh, the Brazilian Grand Prix is about to end. Um, we'll, we'll save Tortorella for next episode. Okay. Because he's doing his job, and I love it. As expected, that you know, him on back on the mass media. I love Tortorella so much. 
Learn French and come to Montreal, please. I'd love it. Um, I don't know. Okay. Well, thank you for watching or listening, wherever you ingest this pot. Ingest? I consume <laughs> this podcast. Um, if you enjoyed it, download it when you're in, listen to it again on like Apple Pod or, or download it, then listen to the show. I know you've probably already listened to it by now, obviously, but it helps out the show. Um, check out all our individual stuff. I know I said it last week, but this week, this Wednesday, eyeopener.com. Look out. You should finally be there. Um, Alex's blog, Daniel's um, CGRU stuff, lots of content. He's got so much content. All in the, the shelves, too. Um, besides that, um, yeah, thank you. Check out the show's TikTok, all that kind of stuff, our own pusher, personal social medias, I should say. And uh, we'll see you probably Wednesday. Um, I don't know. Maybe Ovechkin's going to score 30 more goals in like three days. So I can see it happening. I say he I, does it. No, I don't know. I, I say he does it. I, I hope he does it. Anyway. Bye. Oh, okay. Au revoir. Bonne nuit.